and welcome to Open a Night. I am your host, Amy Walsh, and I am here with Bex. Bex, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Bex Colshaw. I am the artistic director of Roots Theatre, and I am an actor. Oh, and you are recently starring in the new play, The Royal Course, Blackbird. I say new play, it's been written before, it's just new to The Royal Course. Yes. Um, before we get into that, I want to ask more about what does it mean to be artistic director of Roots Theatre? Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because I sort of gave myself the title. Because <laughs> it sounds fancy. Um, it does sound fancy, and it's sort of like, basically, I created the theatre company, um, I think it was 2018. Um, I created the theatre company, and so I make overall decisions about like programming kind of what shows we do what projects we're gonna go for like you know sort of organizing um applying for funding and all that sort of thing um so basically for me i don't know what it means for sort of everyone and i kind of picked it because it looks what the people do it looks great on the cv yeah it sounds nice doesn't it um and it just means that i kind of make all the the big decisions and kind of lead the leader of the company i suppose effectively um and then kind of um responsible for kind of um drawing together the rest of the team and um recruiting everyone and all that sort of thing i mean it sounds impressive (laughs) <laughs> to me. I feel like it sounds exactly like what an artistic director should be. Yeah, but um, it. <laughs> what exactly drew you as artistic director to Blackbird? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a big play, and I, I say big play as in not length of it, it's only, it runs it probably just over an hour, it's a one-act play, but it's big as in the content is big, it's a big, um, it's a hard-hitting play, and it's, I read it many many years ago I can't remember when I first read it but when I first read it it was one of those plays that I couldn't put down and I felt so many emotions while I was reading it and I was like this is the first time and I um I struggle with attention and I quite often have to read a play a few times to even know what's going on and it was just one of them um, I'm like that with reading books as well you know do with that thing where you put a dot on the bottom of the page because yeah. you, you start thinking about other things and um but it, I, I just couldn't I couldn't put it down and I was I was so drawn in and I just thought it's I was like I have to be I have to tell this story I have to I have to do this play whether that means I'm performing in it or producing it or whatever capacity that means like I really want to be part of it and um, actually at the time I got in touch for because um, um, when you perform a play I think if artsy people are listening you know you'll need you need you need for a published play you need the, the rights to be able to do it and all yeah. that sort of stuff and it was completely unavailable um at the time so i was like right okay and then um it's one of them that i just applied every year <laughs> um and then i think apart from covid it was it was the year it was um apart from covid postponing it, it was um yeah they gave me the right to do it so um it just meant that oh yeah it's meant to happen now and it's meant to be told now so that's mad yeah it's interesting it's such a perfect time like especially with what's going on in the world it's mm. such a perfect time to have this play like and these conversations especially like in Liverpool I find the culture a lot especially with old men you avoid that topic and you yeah. don't speak about it yeah so just to go into detail for our audience can you tell us what the play of Blackbird is about yeah so it's about a woman called Una and Una goes to visit the man um, who sexually abused her when she was 12 years old so she she hasn't seen him since she was 12 and um, they ran away together and um, they ran away together and then um, 
the character of Ray, who's the name of the perpetrator, he goes out and leaves her in this motel, and then she goes to look for him, and then um, it transpires that the God, I don't want to give too much away about it. Um, but basically, but basically, the um, this doesn't happen in the play. This is all happens 15 years before the play starts. Basically, Ray goes to prison for several years, um, comes out, tries to start a new life, changes his name, moves away, all that sort of thing. And Una finds a photograph of him on the back of a random magazine and then she um, goes to visit him. She sees the picture and she has to go and see him. So um, the play begins the moment that she steps into his office where he currently works in this new place, this new town, this new name, and she goes to visit him. And... um, and she's now, yeah, she's sort of 27 now and um, 15 years has gone by and she, she has some things she wants to say to him. So the play takes place in real time, um, so there's no scene changes. It's just in one's place in the office and um, it's a conversation between them. Um, they've both got a lot that they, they want to say to each other and, and, that's, and that's the play. It's I love a play that's set in one room. I think yeah. that's just so, like, something that's set in one space that takes over an hour is just so fascinating to me because it always it has to have something that like lures you in and like has to have like I love a character driven something. Yeah. So like to have characters like draw you in for that period of time. Especially with something that's such an intricate topic as sexual assault. Mm. It's like it's 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 my bread and butter. I've said that all fifteen times. Like, yeah, there's no there's no like glamorous, um, fancy fancy flying things or yeah. um, swizzy lights or like a showstopper, yeah, a dragonfly down yeah. the plane in the middle. I absolutely love that. You have to have but, a special kind of budget for that, though, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's not something you're going to find in the no. course anytime soon. Yeah. Or who knows, maybe maybe in the middle of the office, a dragon yeah. flies in. Yeah, it's <laughs> not quite the not quite the play for that. But I but I agree with you. I think I, I'm passionate about character-driven stuff as well because it's just... It's not about the glitz and glam of it. It's about the story. It's, yeah. it's the rawness um, of these characters and the vulnerability. They're just there and there's no... There's no hiding. They're just in this room and they're they're open and they're vulnerable, yeah. and it's it's you know it's it's heartbreaking because of the subject matter, but it's captivating to watch, and you just kind of you just need to know what's going to be said next, and you need to know what the characters are thinking and feeling, um, and I feel like I said, I said this probably something else. It's like one of them that you can't put the play down, and uh, um, we were talking today. I was talking with the director today, and um, she said. It's one of them that if we sat there on chairs and just read the play, the audience would feel things because it's in the writing. So actually, let's not dress it up with anything. We just need to like present it. We need to tell the story, yeah. yeah. Just let it let it be raw of what it is. So, how have you found working with the other members and the other cast, like directors and such things? Um, Yeah. So, um, so it's it's been a bit of an interesting one because we started before COVID. the teams changed quite a lot just because of other people's commitments and things like that um so yeah the 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 projects kind of changed quite a lot so um so originally we had nick bagnall um directing it and um and he decided um, so the character who sorry the actor who was playing the character ray um couldn't do it he has other commitments so Nick's actually playing the role of Ray now um yeah I probably should have told you that before 
thought we started. I'd, I'd be now more than happy to learn that. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's actually not acted for 13 years, um, but he was just like, there's something about this play um, that just kind of is like... To have a director be that invested that yeah. they want to be on stage is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's really, um, he's really excited about it. Um, so yeah, he said something like... Something, something's kind of sparked his interest with kind of like having a go of acting again and seeing if he can still do it and like you know all that sort of stuff so um so it's been a really interesting process in that way so then so then now we've got another director on board um Sasha Georgette who Nick's brought on board they've worked together on something recently and um I've just realized I go really close to the microphone and my voice is going to be really loud oh, on this don't worry about it it's perfect it's just me to hear you for sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Sasha and Nick have just been kind of collaborating on um, some of the sort of big decisions and things, and then in the room, Nick's sort of taking a step back from mm. the directing, and um, and um, yeah, Sasha's really, um, she's really, really, really passionate about the play, really um, into the the detail of it and everything. She's brilliant. So um, yeah, and then there's another character. I won't give too much about the story because kind of don't want to like just. <laughs> say the whole story now so people don't need to need to actually say it um is the is a, a young girl who comes in later into the play and it's um played by harriet bibby who is currently um on coronation street playing the role of summer spellman yeah so i she's... saw that and i was like oh i know it because my mum watches carly religiously <laughs> yeah like always catching the omnibus so i i saw i was like i know her face and then i read the thing i was like oh my god <laughs> my mum's gonna be buzzing yeah <laughs> yeah she's brilliant um yeah so she was she was cast to do it before we before COVID, before she got the role on cory um otherwise i'm not sure what the rules are around that but yeah she so anyway so the, the great thing is she was still really keen to be part of it and um and thankfully um cory have let her have a bit of time off so she can be part of it which is great yeah so um so yeah really great did you ask me about cast director didn't you I yeah, did, yeah. forgotten what the original question was so yeah it's um really great really great team and um We've had a few rehearsals, just sort of reads and kind of starting to unpick the text a little bit. And then we're going to go um, sort of meeting tomorrow and going full time. Did you find as an actor, sorry, I just completely put you off No, there. no, it's so good. But did you find as an actor that um, there was a difference between having a male director leave the show and then a female actor step in? Was there any like differences that you picked up on? Yeah, so um, only from the fact that, and I don't that I think and I and like I said this all along it's really important um, I was really really excited about working with Nick I think Nick's brilliant yeah. and he's got amazing experience and all that sort of stuff as well but I said it's really important that we get a female voice in this yeah. um, so regardless of if Nick was directing we were going to have that like as, as an associate or you know to make sure we have that female voice so it's not led by a male because yeah. I think with this story it's really important that that is the case um, I think because men are, I mean, this is definitely going to be completely generalising, but like men are involved in this story and they definitely deserve to have a say, but a lot of the time I find the conversation can be drowned out a little bit mm. and it stops being about listening to what the women have to say yeah. and becomes more catering to how to make men listen easier when sometimes it just needs to be a cathartic kind of experience for people, like become less about like gentle things yeah. and more about like this is an experience that a person's trying to know yeah. and rather than be like, oh, I don't need to listen to this because it's not about me. Having, like, both perspectives in there, I think that's massively important. Yeah, I completely agree. And it was really, really important to me when we were bringing someone else on um, as a director. So, um, 
so yeah I completely completely agree and and it's important and it's important to um, to like debate it out as well like we've yeah. we've we've unpicked so much already and we've still got a long way to go with it but it's it's quite interesting to hear different opinions and 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 just like yeah, fight it out basically. Because <laughs> I definitely know sometimes I can get like really passionate and really mm. angry that I like blind myself a little bit to how sometimes the words I'm saying come across because it is just so like it's a frustrating topic a lot of oh, the time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's it's good to be able to like shut up and listen a sec. But then it's also good to be able to like get it off your chest and like yeah. actually speak about it. Yeah. Because it's it's also, it is a topic that many shy away from because it's it's a scary topic. To be honest. It is scary. It is scary. And you and you don't want to do it a disservice yeah. so I think that's why a lot of people shy away and, and maybe sometimes they go oh it's a little bit Ugh. but also I think it more more to the point I think it's it. how do you even begin with something like that yeah. and I said like I did a um, another interview and I was saying it, it was so important that we make sure everybody is safe in this and yeah. everyone that is everyone that's linked to it so we've you know made sure that we've got a, um, a well-being practitioner as a contact for everyone in the, the cast and the company to know that if they need support after going through this, because we dig into some he- some deep stuff and you just don't know what you're pulling up yeah. with people. You and don't it's know what people have gone through. No. Yeah. And it's really important that, as someone that's leading it, I have made sure that that is in place, that if yeah. people do need that support, that they've got a contact they can... Um, that they that they can get that support that they need. Um, so you're playing Una, so you go through like obviously quite a bit. Yeah. Of, how have you found that like processing the things that Una needs to process? How have you? How's that translated into your life? Yeah, I mean it's heavy. It's it's heavy. It's it's. I go through emotional roller coasters with it, and like we were just chatting before we came on about like how angry even just like reading some of the text like makes me so angry and makes me so upset and makes me so you know it's just there's just so much emotion that I think it is really important that like I'm kind of aware of where I am with it and to make sure that I'm um I'm telling you in a story it's really important that that's that's done sensitively and it's done professionally but also making sure I'm looking after myself as a human because how can I tell a story and have an effect on people if I'm not looking after myself? You don't want to get overwhelmed by... Because I think as actors, you want to invest as much as you can yeah. personally into your character so it can be more believable and it can be just more interesting to the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's so easy to like lose yourself to that and it, like, it can ruin your day just because you're like... Absolutely. You've had a heavy day and start shouting at... Oh, it's a bit loud. But it's like you can just start like shouting at your friends and family because you've just you've just gone through a horrible trauma. Like you've you have those felt emotions. Yeah. So I think it's it's good to make sure that like, yourself and other people are taken care of. And just getting advice on kind of how to come down after like a rehearsal. Yeah. Or for a show, you know, taking advice on like how to um, kind of bring yourself back down from that. Mm-hmm. Because it does get quite intense. Yeah. Um, but you want it. You want it to have that intensity because it's. You want to have that passion behind it. Yes. Yeah. That's what it's all about. But then you don't want people getting burned because the people telling the story like need to be able to look after themselves, or they're not going to be able to do their best. Absolutely. And we've just done. Um, we've just done a women's workshop today um, with um, an amazing um, workshop leader called Helen, and. Um, 
we just ran it for a, for a group of women and it's just sort of reinforced we just had a little brief chat afterwards looking at like some of the feedback people gave and some of the some of the comments the women were giving to us on the way out reinforced actually why going off what you were just saying about like um like like how i can't remember the question was <laughs> but basically it's reinforced like why telling this story is so important and actually why doing doing the workshops alongside it is so important because it's like a lot of those women like a few people just said to me like I've never read a play I've never done anything like this in my life and actually like they just said I've got so, so much from like unpicking a bit of the text doing a bit of doing a bit of drama work yeah. just for your own sort of well-being and liberation it's like it's quite freeing to just kind of read as a character and like look at unpick it a little bit but also then going it's really important that we have the conversation that we did today in the room of going what could be happening here what could the characters be feeling because we're talking about women that have been through um, potentially been through similar sort of stories and it's so it's so important that actually you speak to as many people as possible um, the more you educate yourself yeah better the show is going to be overall and also just as a person like it's a lot you can learn and grow from and just like take with you absolutely in terms of like what matters to you and absolutely yeah Either way, this sounds like an absolutely fantastic show. Can't wait to see you. Oh, yeah. So, you can get tickets at the Royal Court box office, and it, Blackbirds will be in the Royal Court from the 13th the to the 16th of July in the studio. Um, I think you can, the link will also be in the Roots Theatre bio on Instagram. It's roots underscore theatre. Keep a lookout. Do you want to shout out your personal Instagram? Uh, yeah, it's Bex Sure. That's me. Um, and also, just to let you know, that on the Wednesday the 13th and Thursday the 14th, we're doing a post-show Q&A, so if people were interested in kind of, like, throwing out any questions or throwing out any thoughts, which I think is really important and really good conversation to have, then come on one of those nights, because that's when we're doing the post-show stuff. It sounds amazing, and I can't wait to see it. I know I've said that, but I genuinely mean it. Thank you so much for talking to me. It's oh, been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. It's been great chatting to you. <laughs> thank you. Right, thank you for listening. Bye. Ladies and gents, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Opening Nights. Our next production is coming very soon, so be sure to get subscribed wherever you're listening and visit our website, www.openingnights.co.uk, to stay updated. Bye for now.